Okay. Great to be in the Lord's house. Hallelujah. I tell you what, how many of y'all excited this morning? That's important. Amen. I, I just, I don't know, sitting there just thinking about this building that's going on that y'all just gave to. And, you know, it's, uh, it's awesome to sow. You know, I woke up this morning thinking about three S's, you know, sow a lot, spend some, and save a little. But, you know, a lot of times we got that backwards. We save a lot. Hello. And we what? Spend a lot. And we sow a little. But I, was, I, I thought about this picture here, and this is not a common picture, you know, because we live here in, in America. We're from America. you from America. But not too far from here, maybe maybe 30 hours, 40 hours. I don't know exactly. But I'm going to y'all can, I'm going to see if I can widen this up a little bit. How many of y'all can see this church building going up? The roof is going to be Palmetto. And it's got six trees, small slender trees, okay, that's going to be to hold up the, the palmettos. Bathroom's going to be an outhouse, you know. I was telling Pastor David a little thing last night, what happened to us. We went to the state of Mexico and we stopped on the floor, my wife and I, with no heat in the bathroom on the outside. And they had it covered up, you know, with linoleum. And some of you guys don't remember that. But, you know, walls and linoleum inside the truck. You went in there, you had to be careful a big truck passed. <laughs> it blew the walls up. How many of y'all love Jesus? But this is a building that we work in on. And I have been taking more risks, you know, because, you know, the Lord wants us to live on the edge. If you're not living on the edge, you're taking up too much room. Hello? So we are excited. we in the southern part of Mexico working on this building, and uh, we almost got it finished, you know, and it, if you don't want to, or maybe you already gave, but if you want to give something towards that today, you know, praise the Lord. If you don't, pray for us. Pray that the Lord give us wisdom. And if you want to miss out on that one, then you want to jump over to the state of Zacatecas. Uh, Not Texas, but Zacatecas. Zacatecas, we're in the mountains, also building a new building, almost two or three times the size of this one. I know you're fixing to step into a building program, praise the Lord. And we're working on that one. Kathy and I started that one in 1978, and from that one, some 10 churches plus have started from that one. We also have, uh, some of you might know a mariachi group. One of you from you know mariachi group. We have a mariachi group at that particular church, about 16 in the mariachi group that plays the, the trumpets, plays the big, big guitarrones, and several violinists, violin, that's in English. And uh, most of the kids are... Most of the people that's in the mariachis, they begin at 15 years of age, own up to about 55. 
course, there are very, very many uh, guitaristas allá. A lot of people that play the guitar in the group and sing, and it's just a blessing. And, and we're building over there. And we're also building in Jalisco. Jalisco is about two and a half hours outside of Guadalajara. And the good part about it, these properties are donated to us. So that, you know, that underwrites a lot of expenses when you don't have to buy real estate. So we're working on that in Jalisco, putting in a work there. That's first first evangelical church in, in a town of about 25,000 people. So we we there, and we already had some water baptisms there, just like in, over in the south. I don't have time to show you all the water baptism in the south, what is Palmetto Church is at and building. And if you're not, if you can't get a hold of that one, then we'll move on over to Mitchell Khan. Mitchell Khan. Pastor David Cowan, I thank the Lord for our friendship. You know, I thank the Lord for his wife. I thank the Lord for all of his kids, his grandkids. You know, we just talk about them all the time. And uh, my spiritual father said, if I don't know it was going to be this much fun, I would have had them first. <laughs> but in Chile, they say they are the pastry of life, the dessert of life, grandkids. You don't have any. One of these days, you'll have some, and you'll find out how sweet they really are. So we also building in Michoacan. We also working on on two buildings in Michoacan. Now we're not a big ministry, but we serve a great God, a big God. And we just decided to step out and uh, and, and 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 do what we can while we can. All these churches are very fruitful, great disciples of Jesus, and. Uh, we're not in this to raise up, a, let's say, a, a dynasty. We're here to raise up a legacy. We're, we're excited about raising up spiritual sons and daughters. And I have one this weekend with me from the bayou. And Pastor David met him last night, his wife did. And, and they're wonderful people. They, one of these days, y'all can get a chance to meet them. We got, I had one that tapped into me this morning from, from Mexico. I had one was that sitting right there tapped in for me from Honduras. You know, I thank the Lord for people that wants to be mentored and wants to be trained, wants to be, uh, they want what you have. You know, and that's good when you have somebody that wants what you have, especially if you got something to give. And I know that this church has something to give because y'all been here for a long time. Y'all have sown a lot. Y'all have given a lot. And we thank the Lord for your generosity, your kindness. You're part of the radio ministry in Chile. We have a radio outreach in Chile, 724. That's on the radio every, every hour. You know, we have some excellent teaching on the radio. And I, I have never ministered on the radio. Not that I couldn't minister on the radio. I just opened the door for the nationals to minister on the radio. And I don't know if it's this letter. Things are going so fast. The church in Chile is becoming to be more and more international. Because we got some Haitians that came to Chile. And now they're connected to the church and got saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. The church in the northern part of Chile has also got international people, Bolivia and Peru. And, and uh, it's exciting to see the variety. You know, the Lord is connecting to his body. And the Lord is doing great things. We have seen a lot of people get saved. And we feel we, we, we look forward to giving out the whole package. Not just salvation, but also the baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidence of speaking in tongues. I am excited for the Holy Spirit. 
I tell you what, I was in the race, but I wasn't setting the pace many, 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 many years ago because I wasn't about to church, but now I'm about to Coastal. <laughs> How many of y'all love Jesus? Y'all just relax. We're not going to take another offering. If we do, we're going to have you switch your wallet with your brother, and you can give generously. <laughs> but the Lord is doing great things, and, and my wife sends greetings to y'all this morning, and she would love to have been with y'all, you know, but we have had some situations this year. You know, come up one of my daughters after 18 years of marriage, uh, her husband told her that she just didn't have the flavor anymore, didn't have the, the pleasure, and he wanted to wanted more out of life than what he was seeing, what he was having. He didn't really want a family out of it. That just broke her heart. It cost her a lot to get over it. You know, some of you have been through that, and it's not easy. We've never had that experience until this year, and, and but we thank the Lord for His grace. He's going to give it to us, help us weather the storm. My wife is with my daughter in Florida, and um, keep her in your prayers. Some of you might know her. My oldest daughter, Monica. My daughter, Mercy, is doing good. Jordan and Matthew are also in different parts of the country. But we thank the Lord for the opportunity to serve in His venue. We've been doing mission work for 40-something years. And uh, I was thinking this morning, I have no spiritual sons that's older than me. So I must be the grandfather. But I do have a a father in the faith, Pastor J.T. Parrish up in Kentucky that has been in the ministry for some 60, 55, 60 years. He's a godly man full of wisdom. And I thank the Lord for him and his son, David Parrish, which is involved with the people's movement around the world and doing an awesome job in missions also. But I was um, thinking this morning, you know, what I, I could share on, actually, I had a thought yesterday and any of you that's been involved in the ministry, you can have a thought, but is it the Lord's thought? You know, is it what He wants for His people? And 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 if you haven't picked up, I'm from Louisiana. Yeah, I'm sure you haven't had to have the, the, the sermon. I was born on the bayou, and my grandfather ran the school boat. Didn't run the bu- didn't run the school bus, but he ran the school boat. And he picked up the kids on the bayou, you know, to bring them to school during the week. And on Sunday, he picked them up to bring them to church. And so my roots go way back with uh, missions. We have operated in all five folds of ministry, apostolic, prophetic, evangelist, pastor, and teacher, just to be an exhorter of the Word. You know, many years ago when I got filled with the Holy Ghost, Lord, I said, I want to operate in whatever ministry that is needed for the hour. But like Pastor David said, one of my strengths is in the apostolic ministry, planning churches, setting up the government, setting up order in the church. And as I was thinking, you know what you allow in the church in the beginning will mark that church. Will mark that church. Will mark the individual with his walk in the Lord. Whatever you allow in your life. You know, if you just want to be a whitewash. Holy Ghost believer, you know, I mean, that's not really biblical. You know, all of wants is to be on fire and set someone else on fire with what we have received. 
And, and so we, we have moved in several different parts of the ministry. I, I have pastored before. And I think it's one of the hardest ministries that there is. Because the pastor is with the sheep, with the people, 24-7. You know, and you have a, a wonderful shepherd in this house. You have a wonderful man of God, him and his wife. They've given their life for the gospel. And he's even operating an apostolic ministry because he came here and started this work from scratch. Basically, what we do, we go in areas that we don't know people, and we begin to go door to door or evangelize in the downtown squares and schools and institutes, wherever we can get in. And if the door is cracked, we'll kick the door and walk in. You know, I am, I don't feel like I'm real aggressive, you know, but when it comes to reaching a loss, sometimes you've got to be a little bit aggressive because the devil is not a gentleman. And like I told you last time I was in town, if the devil would work like the church, we wouldn't have any problems. Hello. If the church would work like the devil, all Parkville would be saved. Can you say a bit? But many times, you know, we just wait for our brothers, wait for our sisters, wait for the pastor to do the work. And we're all called, you know, we're all called to give birth, you know, to, to, to the things that the Lord has put in us. We're pregnant, you know, with, with the seed of the gospel, the seed of his presence, the seed of his peace, his joy. And all mankind seeks those three things, love, joy, and peace. doesn't matter what race, what culture, what language they speak. They're looking for some real love, real joy, and real peace, and someone to be real genuine. I mean, we have enough counterfeits in the world today. You know, we need to, the real, real deal. And as I was thinking this morning, you know, what I could share on, I'd like to, Cheryl, don't let the newness wear off on you. Don't let the newness wear off off of you. Okay, you know when? How many of y'all can remember when we, when you were born again? How many of you can remember when you were dating your flame? When you was going out with your girlfriend, your boyfriend? How excited you was. Did you run over to the door to peep over that they were arriving, that they were on time? Did you spend two hours in the mirror? Amen. Did you get all cleaned up? How many of you were willing to work all day long for your dad? To get five bucks to take him? Maybe to eat a hamburger or something? I mean, you can remember those days, can't you? But as the time goes on, and it goes on. We can kind of get familiar with the gospel. We can kind of get familiar with the church. Like we have our own, own corner in the church. We have our own real estate. This is my pew. This is my chair. This is where I sat for the last five Sundays. I think the Lord wants us to call outside the line. Can you say Amen. So easily to fall into just mediocrity. Just 
religion. You know? Religion didn't save us. Amen? Religion didn't give us his love, joy, and peace. You know, the law didn't, because you can't find the words uh, life in the Ten Commandments. Look there, you can't find it. I mean, Jesus come to give us life and life more abundant. How many of you remember when you got a new car? <laughs> that new red pickup. Roll Tide. Roll, roll, Eagles. Hey. Boy, boy, that old roll. How you roll it? Hello. How many of you can remember, boy, when you got something new and you just took pride in it? I mean, you were excited about it. You wanted to show it off. You wanted to park it in the middle of the parking lot. After five years, you want to park it around back. <laughs> oh, when you first got saved, Pastor David was taking up an offering. Boy, you couldn't wait to give. You look for that. Maybe the biggest bill to give. You were excited. But you come and you come and you're here for a few weeks, a few months, maybe a few years, and you see Johnny over here. Nobody, hope nobody's named Johnny. <laughs> you see Johnny over here, and Johnny doesn't do things the way you do. Or you see Susie over here, and she doesn't do the things the way you do. So you begin to get reluctant about your excitement, you're serving the Lord. You know, because we end up looking at people. I mean, we all got our defects. You can't find a perfect church in Fargoville. I don't think you can find one up the road here. There's none. I mean, you and I make it imperfect the minute we walk in the back door. I remember one teacher said, oh, outside of Baton Rouge, he said, man, when I get a new car, he said, the best thing to do is take the hammer and go ahead and give it a little hit. He said, because if, you, if somebody in the parking lot parks up close to you and scratches, oh, you, man, you, you go find out. Who, you, anybody saw anybody scratching my car? Anybody saw anybody bumping my car? But see, if you put a little dent in it, you know, it's, got, it's been baptized. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, we get so excited. New television, a new home. You know, I mean, you think about it, all the excitement that life journey presents, but there should be nothing, nothing that compare to walking with Jesus, living with Jesus, serving Him. And, you know, it's amazing you ask for confirmations about what you're going to share on. And this morning, the first song, Minister the confirmation to me. It talked about hope. It talked about healing. It talked about help. And I got to thinking, you know, wow. This is it. This is the word for the church today. And so, as I, I was thinking of so many examples, you know, marriage is a big example. You know what I mean? Everybody is so excited when they first get married. Everything is hunky-dory, you know, hokey-dokey. Everything is just all fine until maybe the honeymoon is over and you find out that that 
DNA has not the same DNA you checked out maybe three months ago, maybe a year ago. You begin to see some cracks in that. You begin to see some cracks in that DNA. So I, I want to share this morning a little bit. Picked up a bag to put my glasses in so I wouldn't scratch them a little bit. I'm just a country boy. We have even country people in here. <laughs> Oh, that's so many examples that you could go from. I mean, but, you know, our relationship with Jesus should not be going down. It should be getting better and better. And if you're from the country, it's okay to say gooder. Gooder. It's getting gooder. And I'll tell you what. I don't don't want to let my relationship with Jesus wear off. Because you're setting the pace. You're setting the bar high when you come and come to this house. Or you out in the community walking and you're letting a good testimony, good ethics. Because, see, you're not only reflecting yourself. You're reflecting victory fellowship. You're reflecting above all Jesus. And you start thinking about, you start thinking about certain people in the Scriptures. You know, I This morning when I was looking at this, I was thinking about Acts chapter 26 with Paul. Paul, with Paul, it got better and better. You know, when he was ministering over there, you want to go right there real quick. Acts chapter 26. When he was meeting before Festus. And he began to testify about to Festus. And as he spake, verse 24, and as he spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, thou art what? Besides thyself. Much learning doeth make thee mad. Have you ever been told you've been beside yourself? Jesus in Mark chapter 3, verse 21, when they came to lay hands on him, they said he was besides himself. I want to be besides myself. I want to be besides this flesh, besides carnality. I want people to see Jesus in me. I want them to see the gospel in me. I want them to see hope in me. In Paul even said Paul in in one of his letters, he said, forgetting the things that behind, reaching out, reaching forth. I want to know Him and the power of His resurrection. But many times, for us to know Him more intimately, there's certain things we got to get off of us. We got to let go of us. You go in Acts chapter 27, there was 200 plus people on that ship, and they had to unload the ship they said, we need to get some certain things off of the ship, off of this boat. There's certain things. If you're going to go deeper with Jesus, if you want things to get better, there's certain things you've got to let go. You've got to dump off. You've got to let go. One of the main ones is unforgiveness. The hardest one. But if Stephen could forgive someone stoning him, Lord, forgive them. They don't know what to do. We should be able to forgive. 
and let it go. You know, because you're not going to make it to the shore if you don't let go. And so, you know, I, 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 told, I, I was thinking about, I, I bounced things off my wife. Well, it might have been Jerry last night. I said, Jerry, what if somebody, oh, Jerry, my wife said, and I talked to her late. She said, tell y'all how I already told y'all that. I said, who's some characters in the Bible that it got better as they went on and on with their walk with the Lord? She said, Joseph. You stop and think about Joseph. He had that remarkable dream. But his timing was wrong in presenting it. But he had so much zeal so much zealousness, so much energy, he shared his dream to his family. And his family couldn't buy into it. So we know with the story, he was sold into slavery by his brothers, rejected. Then he made it to the palace and he was lied upon. He was thrown in the pit. But he held on to that dream. He held on that that more was going to be better. He stayed, he hung in there. Did he have it easy? No, he didn't have it easy. Could you and I have done it? I know. I would have had a hard time doing it. But he hung in there. And at the end, it got better and better and better for him. He was, he was the salvation for his family because of that dream. He could have got better. But he stayed. He guarded his heart. And it got better. For Joseph. And we know he was a salvation for his family. But I want to move in this morning. I got to thinking about. Some of you might not know. But some of you might be young enough to know. How many of y'all remember the 4-H club? Hello. I want to talk about 4-H Christians this morning. The 4-H Christian club. You know Why? You know, the 4-H was to develop, to develop, if I recall, values, things around the house, make life, you know, get, get prepared for the next stage of life. And the first H I want to look at this morning, the 4-H, is hope. We're bringing hope to people. How many people that you know of that are hopeless? We're in a country right now that's getting more and more, what? Hopeless. They, they, the Bible says in Galatians, he that endures to the end will be saved. But it goes on to say, if you, if, you, if you faint not in well-doing in Galatians, you will reap in due season if you faint not. And my mind went to the good Samaritan. You remember how he reached out. He gave that individual that was beaten. We know the law passed by. The religion passed by the priest. But the guy on the horse passed by and he dropped from his horse and went in and ministered, poured oil and, and, and wine in, into this person that was beaten and took him to the end and said, whatever, whatever other needs he has, put it to my cause. Put it to my bill. I'll take care of it whenever I get back. He brought hope to this individual. I believe there's people in Parkville that's looking for someone 
That's walking in hope. Jesus brought hope. Mark 5 was a hopeless chapter. You know the story. The guy that was involved with demons told her Jesus brought hope, planted a garden right in the middle of the graveyard. He brought hope to the woman with the issue of blood for 12 years. He brought hope to the individual that passed away. Hopeless. And Jesus brought hope. So the Lord wants victory fellowship to be a wants you to be belonging to the 4-H club, Christian club of hope. Sharing hope wherever you go. I appreciate your message for 2017. Amen. The year of faith. We need to be we need to walk in the year of faith. When I opened up this year, I went to went to a Spanish church beginning first Sunday of this year. And amazing. I don't know if us Americans, I, I go along with it, you know, because I went to that particular church. When you walk in, you got to take your cell phone out and put it in the basket. You can't bring your cell phone to where you're sit, sitting at. You put it in a basket, you better make sure you, make sure you grab yours when it's over with, okay? But the pastor said, he said, why don't you minister to us today? I just went to receive. Well, I ministered on 17. 17 stands for victory. 17 things that cannot separate us from the love of Christ in Romans chapter 8. You look at them, the 17 things that cannot separate us from the love of Christ. But you know, people do need hope. Faith, hope, and greatest of these is love. Number two, you know, I think Christians need to be filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the Holy Spirit. I mean, I shared with you once before, I was raised in church. But I was like a yo-yo. On Sunday, I felt real close to God. And Monday, I played the game. Tuesday, I played the game. All during the week. I put my religion, my relation, what you want to call it, on the shelf. Come the following Sunday, I grabbed my Bible with my tithe. Because my mother and my father taught us at an early age to give. And it was a good value that it instilled us, biblical. So lo and, lo and behold, I went to college, got a scholarship, played basketball in college for four years, went to Arkansas to coach. I thought I was going to do that the rest of my life. But the Lord called me into the ministry. My wife met my wife in New Orleans. We got married, went to Mexico. Those days, you know, when you're young, you're stupid. Not much wisdom, a lot of energy, you know. On the back end, you get the wisdom, but you don't have energy. <laughs> I wish it had been a little bit of reverse. I wish I had wisdom on the beginning and energy right now. But now to maintain some of my energy, I have to exercise, work out, you know, do whatever I can to stay in shape. People say, what changed? You're a little bit older than last year. I 
I'm a mature man and a young body. <laughs> but I believe that the church needs to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, you stop and think about the disciples. The disciples, they didn't do a whole lot in the four Gospels. I mean, they were wooshy-washy. They were double-minded. But you bring them over in the book of Acts, when Jesus told them to go to the upper room and wait, you know, wait for the promise of the Father, and within a short while, there was 120 of them filled with the Holy Ghost. Probably 380 was Baptist or Methodist. We got enough. We're not going to go. But I think maybe in the first round, 3,000, maybe someone was in that first round. There wasn't in the second round, 5,000. They got to see what the other disciples had. I mean, they wanted it. How many people want what you have? I guarantee you, there's people, if you just begin to open up a dialogue with them, I mean, you can share the gospel, share the Holy Ghost with them, you the hope that Jesus gave you, the blessed hope, and begin to share the Holy Spirit with them. I mean, you you think, you, you look at Philip. Philip was full of the Holy Ghost. Stephen was full of the Holy Ghost. Philip went to Samaria. And he began to share the good news. And then Peter and John came in and laid hands on them. The government, the apostolic minister, came in and laid hands on the people in Samaria, and they received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You say, why do I need the baptism of the Holy Ghost? Biblical. It will help you to go deeper. It will help you to have more fire. How many of y'all want more fire? It will help you have more revelation. You know, moving from revelation to revelation. See, when you receive expectations, expect revelation. You get another revelation. You, you live in expectancy of more revelation. Moving from revelation to revelation. Full of the Holy Ghost. I thank the Lord. That the Lord filled me with the Holy Ghost. I mean, Paul was totally, he was totally a persecutor of the church. But when he got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, hallelujah, it revolutionized his life. And I was, the song this morning that was, that was being sung, the first song, I mean, it, seconds, it, it talked all about this teaching. See, you don't see the fulfillment of Acts 1 8 till you turn it around. Acts 8 1. I mean, because they stayed in Jerusalem in their rocking chair. Jesus told them to go to where? Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. I mean, we're going to Chile. You can't go any further than Chile. We were fulfilling Acts 1 8. And when the church got persecuted, that's when it was scattered. And they went about proclaiming the good news, proclaiming the hope that the Lord gave, proclaiming the power of the Holy Ghost. Number three, talking about 4-H Christians. The 4-H club, 4-H Christian club. Health, healing. You know, we cannot see more miracles, see more healings unless we pray for who? Those that are sick. The Bible says in Mark chapter 16 that these signs shall follow them that believe. How many believers we have here? I mean, we don't turn around and look, see if there's any sign. The Bible says they're going to follow us. But we must have to move. We must have to step into them. 
There's seven kingdoms in Mark chapter 16. And those seven kingdoms, the Lord has given us power over all them seven kingdoms. And one of them's over the physical kingdom. Human kingdom. One of them over the demonic kingdom. He said, my name you shall what? Cast out devils. You know, Lord wants us. You know, how many of y'all got hands? Does it say, these signs shall follow the pastor? These signs shall follow the apostle? These signs shall follow the evangelist, the teacher? These signs shall follow the believer. Those that believe, look for the opportunity. You don't know what's on the other side of your obedience. You don't know what's on the other side of your prayer until you do it. See, there's miracles in your hand. You've heard me share you this before. When you stand closed with the weapon, when it's open, what? It's a blessing. You're giving. Look in the palm of your hands. All you got an M in there. You got a miracle in your hand. Right in the palm of your hand, you see an M. You got a message in your hand. You got mercy in your hand. I hear someone say, I want some money in my hand. <laughs> I appreciate Pastor David Carroll. I really do. I tell you, he's a blessing. Healing. I mean, Luke 4.18. You stop and think with Jesus. He was given what? Came into the synagogue. And the Bible says, And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me. Jesus knew that He was anointed. His anointing is your anointing. It's, it's a personal anointing. And see, when the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, it's almost like, like Ezekiel. You cannot hold it. Jeremiah, you cannot hold it inside. It burns in your bones. You cannot allow that passion to wear off. To preach the gospel to the poor, He has sent me to heal the broken. I mean, healing is part of the package. It's not all of it, but it's part of the package. Holy Ghost is part of the package. To de preach deliverance to the captain, to recover the sight of the blind, to set at liberty to them that are bruised. And the Word says, 19, both, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord and what He did? And He closed the book. He closed the book and He gave it to those that were sitting. He said, now you go and do it. Now you go. He closed the book. He knew where to find a place. Many times we say, whoo, time out, devil. Let me, let me get my concordance. Because many times we don't get in the book except on Sunday. We don't get in the book until on rush hour. I mean, we spend so much time on our phone. All of us are guilty. So much time and little time in the book. And this phone is not our salvation. I mean, it's, it's, it's the book. How many of y'all love Jesus? How many of you? Jesus opened his ministry healing 
Peter opened his ministry with healing in Acts chapter 3. Philip opened his ministry in Acts chapter 8 with healing. Paul opened his, he continued the ministry. The Bible says in Acts chapter 9, I don't have one with me, I don't think, maybe I do. No, I don't. But sometimes I bring prayer cloths. He sent the prayer cloth, sent the power anointing of the God, of, of the Holy Ghost in the prayer cloth. And the Bible said that by just laying the prayer cloth on people, they were healed. Not letting the newness wear off. Being excited today as you was 10 years ago or more excited. Looking for, a ty- looking for an opportunity to excite someone else, to stir someone else up. Lastly, couldn't leave this one off. 4-H Christian Club. You cannot belong to this club and not recognize there's a harvest in front of you. Because the Bible says, look out amongst the fields. The fields are white unto harvest. Don't say December, January next year I'm going to do something, but say today I'm going to do something. Today the fields are white. And I know we're living in challenging times. But I got a advisory of earthquakes on my phone. And there's anywhere from 30 to 60 tremors, sometimes even earthquakes, that happen every day or every other day. We're living in the last of the last days. And, you know, when Jesus didn't get so busy that he didn't take time to go to the well to minister to that one individual, that woman that had issues, did she deserve salvation? No. Did you and I? No. But Jesus said, I must need go. I must need pass by Samaria. When he touched her, she realized about a harvest. And the Bible says she ran back to her village. And she said, come see a man. Come see a man. She got excited. And they started following her. They said they had to come see for themselves what the Lord had transformed in that woman. And by them coming and by her sharing the good news, sharing her hope, amen, her hope to them. If He can do it to me, certainly He can do it for you. And we see it like a boomerang effect in Acts chapter 8 when Philip went to Samaria. I mean, these are not days to be wasted. And I thank the Lord for Victory Fellowship. Don't waste your hour because you might have less time in front of you than you do behind you. And none of us know when we're going to go to meet our Creator, our Maker, our Lord and Savior. Could be tonight, could be tomorrow, could be 10 years from now. 
you hear that and you've never given your heart to Jesus. I couldn't think of a better day. Nice and sunny on the outside. Why couldn't it be nice and sunny on the inside? And let Jesus come in your heart. Because you see, he's in every place, but one place he's not. He's not in the heart of a sinner until a sinner invites him. Because Revelation says, Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. I mean, he's waiting for an invitation to be invited in. And you have this love, you have this joy, you have this peace, especially if you have a relationship with Jesus. And if you've never given your heart to Jesus, you're only one prayer away from new life. One prayer can radically change your life. See, you're not a Christian because you told the Bible. Because Nicodemus knew the first five books by heart. And he said, wow, I need to go check out this man. I need to go check him out. There's something different about him. The miracles he's done, the works he's done. And Jesus told him what? You need to be born again. See, it would have been better you'd never been born the first time, you're not born again the second time because you're nothing to look forward to. Your second birth is more important than your first. That's why when I'm out traveling sometimes, I ask the people, I say, which verse did you like the best, your first or your second? If they look like this, look at the twilight zone, you know that's an opportunity for you. And so, you know, today, I want to put a challenge before you. If you want to be part of this 4-H Christian class, you want to be part of it, I think the Lord is looking for volunteers. He's not forcing you to stand up and speak out. But if you want to be a volunteer, Lord, count on me. That song we sang this morning, I'll go where you want me to go. You might not go to Chile. You might not go to Mexico. I got my, there's seven of us in my family. One passed away. Two brothers never got married. My sister, younger sister, never got married. But they love the Lord with all of their heart. They're givers. And every chance that they get, they share in the hope that they have on the inside. inside. But if you stand to your feet, you here tonight or this morning, and you want to say, Lord, I want to make a declaration before you. Not before the pastor, not before me, but you want to make a declaration that you want to be part of this 4-H Christian club. Amen. You want, you want to share the hope that you got on the inside of you. You want to continue moving deeper in the Holy Ghost. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you want to be a candidate to get the Holy Ghost. Because, see, you, you have to be a candidate. If you don't want to be a candidate, the Lord's not going to force it on you. Because he says, it's for those that who? Those that believe shall speak with new tongues. And you know what? The devil does not want you to speak in tongues. Because he cannot understand it. 
He can understand English. He can understand Spanish. He can understand French. He can understand Portuguese. But he cannot understand tongues. And you see, for 20 some odd years, I was taught against it. But it radically changed my life. It radically changed my life. Was I saved before? I believe I was. But there was something I wanted more for. I was more, I was hunger, hungry for more of the gospel. Just like the disciples had piggybacked faith. But when they got the Holy Ghost, boy, I'll tell you what, they grew up. They didn't want to do, go anywhere like giving the four gospels. But when they, when they got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, it radically changed them. Stand to your feet.